Hey guys, welcome back to As Told By Moms. We are so excited to be back with another episode. This is our second to last episode. And if you didn't notice, we are a week behind. It's fine. Don't pay attention, whatever. Just have grace with us. Um, Because life, just be out here lifing. And so, uh, Lore, what's up, girl? What's going on? Nothing much. You know, same old, same old. She's here. She's thriving. She's alive. Amen. We love to see it. We love to see it. Um, We recorded video last time. I still have not posted it. <laughs> it's just so different from what we usually do. I don't know. I'm just kind of like, mm, should we grace the people with our faces? I don't know. I mean, let's try it. Let's let's see what they say. We are pretty funny. So I think it's going to be nice to put a face to the voice because everybody says we sound the same. Yeah, that's true. They do say that. Um, okay. Anything new in your realm? Or are you just ready to jump in? We have a guest with us today. So I am very excited about our guest. She is so beautiful. She has a great heart inside and out. She's a woman of God. She's an amazing mom. And I think that she's going to bring fresh insight to the podcast. And I'm very, very excited. So let's jump in to our guest. Okay, perfect. Me too. Um, Okay, so I want to introduce you guys to a friend of mine who we have now been friends for a little over 10 years, I think. I think we're coming yeah. up on 10 years or something like that. So we have with us the amazing Giselle Reynoso. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Ask Told by Moms. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it is not only an honor, but man, Lauren, that introduction. You almost <laughs> had me in tears here, girl. <laughs> it's too early in the episode for tears. We cannot. Way too early, but I think people are going to be able to get a good sense of your heart and your personality, and it's just going to light up anybody that listens to it. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for um, so it's taken us three seasons to get just on the podcast because she's just out here doing all the things <laughs> and being the super mom that she is. No, I'm just kidding. She's no, she is very busy. She is very um much in her mom life era and her wifey era and her pastor era and her homeschool era and all the eras. Um, so just, I'll just tell us like, well, not don't tell me cause I already know, but like tell the listeners just a little bit about yourself. Like you don't have to share your age, but like maybe how many kids you have, where are you from? All the things, just a little bit about yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Giselle Reynoso. Um, I have three amazing boys. Um, Isaiah, who is 17, Gabriel, who is eight, and Aaron, who is six. And I am married to my Boaz, Daniel Reynoso. Um, we are going on 10 years. Can you what? believe it? 10 yes. years? Yes, we're going on. That is insane. Wait, I didn't even realize it was that long already. Yes. That's yes, wild. Yes. That's wild. Um, yes, I reside here in North Carolina. Super, super excited that I'm still living here because I wanted to move back to Florida. <laughs> Ew. Uh, why? In what, like, in your mind, when that was going through your mind, like, to go back, like, Why? What is it about? What's the draw uh, for you? I think it was just the change of 
scenery. Mm-hmm. Like not only the change of scenery, because it's beautiful here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was also it's just different. Yeah. You know, it's just different. Um, the culture is different here. So it took me some time to adapt to that. Mm-hmm. Um yes, but now I love being here. So have you found great. good Hispanic food here? Because we both have been here like what, seven years almost? I think you were here before me, so you're probably here already seven years. Have you yes. found good Spanish food? I make good Spanish food. No, I, I, I know you do, but I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like in the it. store <laughs> or in a restaurant. That's the downfall that the Carolinas has. We need more so Latino I've food. Heard, yeah, so I've heard of people that actually they're like, this is great. They're not real. Not yeah, no. they're not there yet. No. Uh, but I have heard of really good Spanish restaurants that I have yet to go and visit. So okay. okay. So what is your um heritage? Um, like where my family comes from? Yeah. The Dominican Republic. Oh, DR. DR represent very baby. nice. Yeah, my uh, my best my best friend Melanie's from DR as, as well. Yes, Dominican besties are amazing. I know <laughs> I have one. <laughs> Y'all are too much. Y'all are too much. She uh, every time we talk about the Dominican Republic, she's like, "Oh, that's mi country." I'm mi like, country. Oh, it is your country." <laughs> How long has it been since you've been back to DR, Giselle? Um, I haven't been there since I was 17. No way. Mm-hmm. So we plan on going there soon. And I'm really excited about that. But, but we will be but going just to, to the all inclusive. <laughs> yes, we will be going to the all inclusive because, you know, bless. Yes, we would just be going to the all inclusive. <laughs> can we talk about can we talk about that for a second? Because this came from a conversation that you and I had. This is going to be. The first time you guys go away without the kids? Yes. In 10 this years. Will be, well, this will be our second time. Because remember last year we went to Asheville. Okay. And my friend came down. Which was local. Yeah. Which was local. But this that is like. Oh, come on. That's like two hours. <laughs> yes. So we went there. We had an amazing time. Yeah. We napped for sure. Um, I had like you know, let us do all these things. Let mm-hmm. us, you know, let's visit the museum. Let's the teacher or the, you know, the homeschool mom and me just yeah. wanted to come out and do all these things. And my husband was like, oh, let's not. Let's <laughs> just take a nap. <laughs> let's do the things we can't usually do when the kids are here, which is yes. nap and relax. Yes. And that was so amazing. Like to go back to that place of, I actually can like nap or I can actually, you know, go and have dinner. And we've done all those things, right? Um, We've found a way to have date nights and either with babysitters or Mm -hmm. with even finding like, you know, art studios and things to that nature that host parents night out, you kind of mm-hmm. just, you know, build that relationship with them by dropping your kids off. And then coming back around and saying, Okay, I think I can trust you and my kids for three, four hours. Yeah. 
Um, so that's been good, but just going away for that time was like, wow, this is so necessary. Mm-hmm. Right. So this time will be our first time leaving the country together. Okay. By ourselves. That's yeah. going to be an experience. How long do you think you guys are going to go for? Four days. <laughs> oh, we're going to. Okay. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I am. I, it's so funny because like most of, I would say like two of my best friends, which would be you and Jamie are so similar in so many things. And then Avalyn is so opposite in so many things. And it's so funny when I, and Lauren obviously, but she doesn't have kids yet, but I think she'll be more like you and Jamie, I feel like when it comes to like her kids and all of that. And it's just so funny because I am kind of in the middle. Like I'm not as extreme, I would think, as Avalyn, but then I'm not as like thing as like reserved as like you and Jamie. I don't know if reserve is the right word, but you know what I'm saying. But like you guys are so funny. And I always like tell Jamie, I'm like, go without the kids, leave the kids. And she's like, (laughs) no, I want to be with my kids. And I'm like, why? (laughs) We're just opposite in that, which I love. But and then she actually went on her first trip. Um, it started on like kind of a sad note because she was obviously traveling for her mother-in-law's uh, funeral, but she was able to stay a few days with her husband and really like get away and have a moment together. And I just think that that's so cool because I just know what that brings, you know, that relaxation, that peace of mind, that recharge. And I want that for all my friends. Yeah. And then they can go back to their creatures at home. <laughs> I think um, it comes from different places. We'll Mm -hmm. be here forever. But um, I just think that this time around, you know, in motherhood with littles, Mm -hmm. right? Um, It's just really has molded me into a different person, right? Um, Being really observant of who can I really leave my kids with for the weekend Mm -hmm. or you know, for a few days. Um, I don't know. It's just different. It has been very different. It has been, um, there's been a lot of redemption through it, Yeah. you know, because as um, we know, as a single mom, mm-hmm. um, I do many things with Isaiah. Um, I had a lot of hands helping. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time around, I just feel like the ownership is different, mm. right? Yeah. Um, I've been able to forgive myself even in it, you know, of the things that I did not do that I thought were okay, mm-hmm. but I felt this time around like, no, I'm going to do this different, right? Yeah. And having that other person to hold you accountable to the decisions that we're both making. Yeah. Because it's so much easier as a single parent to be like, eh, you know, Mm -hmm. I get to do the decision or I'm going to do it this way. And I don't have that accountability um, but myself, you know. But then with with Danny, it's just been, you know, different. Like he kind of reminds me. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, there are times that I want to be that person. Sure. Um, But even living out here has been different. Um, And just really like our marriage has been so good over here. Of course, we've gone through our hiccups, but just having building, I guess, that culture Mm -hmm. uh, 
and again, we'll stay here forever, but building that culture in our home has been the, like my priority with the boys. Um, and I just like now I'm like, okay, I'm ready now. Mm -hmm. And I think I shared that with you when we spoke last week, I'm ready now. Um, but embracing those early years have been so vital for me. Yeah. Um, because I felt like I did not have it in that way due to so many reasons with Isaiah. Yeah. You know, to be able to, you know, again, redeem even my past, mm-hmm. you know, and it's so beautiful when you're able to walk alongside your child and actually be like, you know what? I'm going to learn, relearn this yeah. with you. Yep. I'm going to relearn this this place you know I'm gonna relearn um certain habits that Mm -hmm. I didn't have you know and that I wanted um so I feel like with having my boys it has really or the two youngest it has really brought again that has been the word that the Lord has been giving me a lot just that redemption Mm -hmm. like allowing him to redeem even my childhood yeah through raising them yeah. you know um because a lot of times we can be like well I didn't have this this wasn't done for me and that wasn't done for me and although all those things are true mm-hmm. but at the end we have to take responsibility yeah. to be like you know I'm going to change these things around and I feel that with my children to be able to see the light and to be able to see God in such small moments with them. Yeah. I mean, even reading a picture book, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, ah, like crying, like a crazy person Yeah, that someone from the outside may be like, why are you crying? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not that serious, but it's like, this is bringing me healing yeah. just through the book. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, that's that's where I am and I really have taken that you know to heart like okay I have to this is where God wants me also right Mm -hmm. God wants with them and like I told you girl this is obedience yeah you know this is what obedience is right now for me um is making sure that I am you know fulfilling that role for them because it goes by like this yeah Isaiah 17 he's ready to go on you know into the world um and I didn't think it was going to be this fast Mm -hmm. you know um and when he turned 17 I cried so much that day and I'm like why am I crying you know Mm -hmm. I know I'm emotional but it was like a cry like he's leaving soon Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and And it wasn't a cry of, I want him to leave soon. It was just like God telling me, like, he's leaving soon, Mm -hmm. you know, and the impact and just to see how far he's come, just to see, you know, our relationship, just to just see, Mm -hmm. see what has done. And now he's going off into the world, you know, and coming to terms with that, like, this is for real. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. is, this is for real. Yeah. It's um, crazy. Cause when we moved here, I remember having a conversation with, um, Noah's dad actually. And I was just like, listen, like we're moving here. 
he's already 10, you know, eight years is going to fly by. He'll be 18. At that point, he can make whatever decisions he wants. And I'm like, oh, crap, that is coming up. Like, Noah's going to be 17 this year and next year he's 18. And it's just wild to think about, like, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday and the time really has just like flown by and you don't realize it in the daily. But then when you look back and you're like, how have I already been here for seven years? How has, you know, 10 years of friendship already flown by? How has 10 years of you guys being married and like, we're going on 11. Like, it's just so fast, but you don't see mm. it in the day-to-day. But then when you reflect on it, you're like, man, like, I had so much available, and what did I do with it? You know, obviously, mm. like, God has really blessed us with great kids. And Noah and Isaiah are very similar in age. And then um, Jackson and Gabriel, and then even Aaron and Levi are close-ish, kind of. But it's just really crazy to see how fast time has just gone by with these boys you know and it's just I don't know it's crazy it's crazy to think about but in seeing different stages of like motherhood right and I say you know you're in your home your homeschool era you're in your mom era you're in your pastor era like you are in all of these things at once right and so can you talk us through a little bit of because homeschool to me this is my personal opinion feels like something that I can't even grasp because it's like, how do I have the patience, number one? How do I have the knowledge, number two? How do I have the structure, number three? Like I go through those things in my head and I'm just like, there's absolutely no way that I can do this. And we've had this conversation multiple times on a personal level. And I'm just like, well, this, 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 this. And not everybody's life I feel like is set up for it. And not everybody has the structure that can withstand it so when you were going into this process because I remember you talking about it and you really did feel like it was from the Lord for you to do this this homeschool Mm -hmm. journey with your boys um but walk me through a little bit about what that felt like for you you do have a background as a teacher you do have a calling to teach uh, because you previously did it and you are very like teacher ish I would say yeah (laughs) So I worked in for the, um, I was going to say Osceola, Orange County Public School System Mm -hmm. as a uh, paraprofessional um, with many other things that I was able to do there. Um, I've always had a passion for children, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that has always been something that has been deeply um, rooted in me. And I think that God places those things there on mm-hmm. purpose, yep. right? Because if he were to only tell you like, well, you're going to be doing this, you're going to be stuck with your kids all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's how we would interpret it. If mm. he were to tell us, because you have those same questions, like, how do I do this? And mm-hmm. so one, I feel like it has to be a conviction from the Lord, Right. Because you have two different homeschoolers. Mm -hmm. You have the homeschoolers that feel the conviction and embrace it. And then you have the person that is still trying to wrap themselves around it. And then you also have the person that is just doing it, but really doesn't have a vision. And when, you know, and without a vision, we perish. Mm -hmm. You know, if we don't have a vision, we can't get from a 
to be, Mm -hmm. right? right? Or we can try, but then we have to come back and we find ourselves going in circles and circles and circles. Um, where many things can creep in there, you know, where now you're resenting your kids. Now you're trying to keep up with, you know, what everyone else is doing. And it can become a very toxic environment if you don't have a, that, you know, conviction from God to Mm -hmm. do it. Um, and that commitment, because it takes that commitment, it takes, you know, I say that this has been my biggest training ground with ministry, with life. I mean, healing, like you name it. And it has happened within this journey. So I have always had like, you know, I had a friend of mine and then my sister-in-law's sister used to do it. Mm -hmm. And I was always like, wow you can do that. Mm -hmm. Like that is so cool. Right. And, um, you know, I didn't have that flexibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that comfort to do that. Yeah. So I, you know, once we got married and all that good stuff, um, it's something that we sat down and, you know, um, Danny really wanted me to be a stay-at-home mom. And I've always desired that. Mm-hmm. You know, I've always desired to walk alongside my kids. Um, and then, you know, when he was, I believe, in third grade. Was he in third when I met Danny? Was he in third? Isaiah? Third. Third. Yeah. I think third. Are you sure? I think wouldn't it have been younger than that? Noah was in kindergarten. When, wait, when did you guys get married? 2014. Okay, so two years after Daniel and I. So, yeah. So then, mm-hmm. yeah, it would have been third because Daniel was with Noah in kindergarten. And so for second grade, maybe? Maybe. Or some Second or third yeah, grade, maybe something like second, that. Second mm-hmm. transition, yeah. Um. So then I began to ask their, his teachers, like, hey, you know, I'm really thinking about this because now the Lord started laying it in my heart to begin praying. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, let's, you know, I'm going to pray about it. Um, and the teachers were like, there's no way you can't homeschool him. He needs to socialize. He needs to do this. Mm. So I was a bit afraid, like, okay, how's this going to happen? Yeah. You know, if they're t- that I can't. And these are the people, you know, that I'm trusting. They're Mm -hmm. actually, you know, peers of mine at work. So how do you, you know, and the Lord just continued and continued. And I believe that I went into a fast and at the end of the fast, I ended up coming across this article and he was a doctor. Um, and in this article, he just, said like these are the times that we should be homeschooling our kids Mm -hmm. and the reason behind it and what was to come and although I didn't quite understand everything he was saying but Mm -hmm. I felt like that was the Lord confirming to me to get on the path yeah uh so I don't really I don't feel like you have to have the structure and you have to have the patience and you have to have all these things before beginning. Mm. Uh, you first have to have one, the calling, right? Like God has called me to do this. 
um, or that conviction of doing it because a lot of people say, well, you talk is mm-hmm. very different. When you teach sure. children at school than your kids yeah. where you have to now discern when do you take all the chancleta when yeah. you're trying to be a teacher. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. There's a line want- that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those kids go back home with their moms and their dads and grandmas and aunties. And these kids go home. They stay home with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just adopted or adopted a, a method of even at nighttime, we can start over. Mm-hmm. Like if we had a hard time. That's good. A hard day. I love that. If we just didn't get along, mm-hmm. we didn't really agreed on anything we can start over that's great you know um so even when they're going to sleep it's like we can still start over we can still apologize we can still hug we can still pray together we can still ask for forgiveness we can we can do all those things it doesn't have to be in the morning or in the daytime um and that has worked for my family so um going back to what you had asked initially it's just, it was just taking the steps. You know, I think it comes with anything that God is calling you to do. Yeah. You know, when you're a mother, it doesn't matter how much you prepare yourself with classes and mm-hmm. learning and all these things. It really, everything comes alive when you're in the mud, right? Yeah. When you're yeah. like, hey, so you have resources, um, of course, and you have, you know, okay, what's my learning style? Am I Montessori? Am I an unschooler? Am I Charlotte Mason? Mm -hmm. And that all sounds overwhelming um, when you begin to tell someone that, but they can just, you know, you take a test and you kind of see, or you can briefly just go over like, okay, what is this lifestyle or this learning style? Yeah. Um, And then begin to really see. Um, But every day is just it's a challenge. You know, mm-hmm. you have your challenges, um, very much like life, you know, yeah. you have challenges with your kids in brick and mortar. You have your pros and your cons. Sure. Um, so that's why I'm very, my heart is towards just the mom in general, mm-hmm. like, because you have the mom that just can't, Yeah. you know, she can't because financially she can't, um, she's still trying to find, what how this would fit Mm -hmm. Um, and you can still homeschool your kids even with your kids or you're still homeschooling your kids with your kids at home in a brick and mortar uh school yeah um because you still have to teach them manners you still read to them you still do homework with them you still so for the moms that you know they really want to do it but they can't um, I'm really, you know, I just stand by them to talk, you know, tell them when you're doing homework, like own it with them, yeah, you know, own great. It with them, um, get those read alouds, go to the library. Like you can still feel that for them and them still feel that connection. Like my mom is here with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. That's good so, advice. Can you take us through what like your day to day looks like? obviously each kid is a different age and they're obviously in different grades. So can you, it doesn't have to be the whole thing, but just kind of what your schedule looks like. What time do you get up? What time is school officially over? 
you know, that kind of thing. Okay. So with Isaiah, Isaiah came on to homeschooling when he was in sixth grade. So there was a lot of unlearning, Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of unlearning. You'd be surprised to what the amount of information that they learn at home compared to school, like they can do three months. Yeah. Three of school at home can be equivalent to a one year. And right. Because you have that one-on-one. So we have a very relaxed environment and I've learned to be that way because before I was trying to replicate the, public school system Mm -hmm. like this is how they do it and it's like for that you just leave them there right or you put them in there um so I had to do a lot of unlearning so my mornings we do breakfast we do chores um you know Gabriel will have to put the dishes away while Aaron sweeps um and then we do morning time we have like this basket that we take out and it has like the read aloud you know we're reading through Charlotte's web and Um, They have like math manipulatives, which is like, you know, you can do a dice and um, put a dice in there or you can have, um, you know, cubes or blocks. Um, You can have, you know, if they're working on their sight words, you can have them in there as well. So the morning basket is more like this time to warm up with them. Mm -hmm. Right. Like this sit you know, light a candle if you want to set the environment for them to really um, just begin their day, right? So we don't call it schooling or we're refraining from calling it schooling uh, because we're just doing life. Life is learning, mm-hmm. right? Like Go to the supermarket um, you know, they'll hold the door or they'll ask the actually have a video of them like assisting the Trader Joe's clerk to scan the items. And he's looking at them like, what are they doing? Mm-hmm. And they just really jumped in like, I'll help you. And they started, you know, passing him the groceries, made his job, I'm sure, so much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's learning, you yeah. know, that's, you know, community that's, you know, I'm going to help my mom. Um, Then we'll do like language arts and math and geography. We do a loop schedule, which means that we don't do geography every single day. We don't do science every single day. And we go by their interests. Like if they're not showing interest with a book, Mm -hmm. I don't let them finish that book. We just close the book. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, because they get forced, like, oh, you have to, and then you have to write, um, you know, well, when it comes, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. I was going to say, I'm sure that the interests really help with the retention because it's something that they're captivated by. It's not just something that was forced upon them. Right, right. So let's say geography, we're getting into, um, we're going to study Asia right? We're going to study the culture. We're going to go into all the different countries. And when they show me I'm done, then we stop hands off. Like, all right. Uh, Because if you think about it, how many things did you, do you remember from that age? Very little, right? 
So I want their learning to be fun. Like I want them to love to learn. I want them to, I have books everywhere and it's because I want them to be able to have that love of learning to learn, to read, um, you know, Gabriel needed a vacation. I told Stephanie this, you know, cause yeah. I do year round schooling. Um, and the reason for that is because we travel on off seasons, right? When everybody leaves, we come. Um, and that's great because, you know, things are less expensive. It's less right. crowded, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once I told Gabriel, like, Gabriel, we're doing like vacation for like a whole month. He was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a kid and after my own heart. Literally. I tell you. Yep. Yeah. So I just, in that, when he said that to me, I had been praying because he started to show me, like, he just started like to not want to school anymore. Like, oh, I don't want to do this. And no, I don't want to or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, he's just being problematic. He's just doing this or whatever. And um, the, uh, Isaiah and I had a conversation and I was like, what's up, Isaiah? Like, why are you, you know, slacking with your math? You know, we've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on? And he said, you know what, mom? I've been schooling nonstop for three years. Mm-hmm. And I was. So you really have to sit back and listen to that. Yeah. He never told me. He just, he's very like, I'm just going to get it done. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. probably slack off again. And then you'll I'll just see it in done. other areas. He won't say it verbally, but you'll see it in other areas of things right. that he's doing or not doing. Right. Yeah. So it's taking a step back and saying, okay, I want this for them. Mm-hmm. But what really going to work for our family? Yeah. And taking a vacation or just like, you know, it's probably going to be three weeks. Um, but notating that, like, he's my, ca- my calendar, like boy, mm-hmm. Gabriel stairs and look at my weekly planner that I have my, have on my fridge and then look at my whole monthly calendar. Like we're doing this, like he's going to hold you accountable. Like yep. this is what we're doing. <laughs> I love it. I think it's very, it's very interesting because it also allows you to be super intuitive with your kids mm-hmm. and to really get to see them in in a, in a different aspect because I, I think it just opens up more of a different way for you to get to know them because a lot of people will say like my kid is different at school than he is at home mm-hmm. and where you have a fusion of the two which is very, very interesting I think. Yeah. So once I said that his life changed. Mm-hmm. Like he, like, he just wants to know that that book is going to be put away. Yeah. Like he, I don't want to see explode the code. I don't want to <laughs> see this. Like he was like, I'm done. Like, please don't tell me to grab that workbook. And where I come from, like, you don't speak to your parents like that. Like mm-hmm. you do what I tell you to do and that's it. Yeah. So that's why. I said in the beginning, there's been a lot of unlearning, Mm. a lot of like, yes, he's the child and I'm the adult. But at the end of the day, 
we are all different yeah. and we have to be able to meet each other's needs, right? Right now that seems disrespectful, but in reality, what are you communicating to me? Yeah. Right. Um, and Isaiah was that confirmation for me because Gabriel and Isaiah have very similar personalities. And when Isaiah said that to me, I was like, poor Gabriel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And that's the he, thing, like, I've had this, I've heard this before, like somebody say, like, when you say certain things to your kids, how does it, how would that translate as an adult? So if you think about yourself in this situation of like, what if you just worked nonstop for three years straight, never took a break, never took a vacation. And obviously you guys do travel and take vacations and all that stuff, but you are they're always learning. So you have never had that like break. And you think about it as an adult and it's like, yeah, I would be a little bit pissed off too if I had to work <laughs> nonstop for three years, like, you know, and you just get tired. Like your brain retains only so much as like what you're able to, you know, and these kids, like I think the the crazy thing is, and I know this is true with Gabriel and Isaiah, and it happens to me also with Noah and Jackson, where it's just like, they are so smart that they seem so much older. So then your expectation of them is for them to get things earlier, know things sooner. Isaiah should know how you feel. He should know what you're thinking. He's been with you the longest. And I think about that with Noah too. And I'm just like, Noah, you're 16. We've been doing this for 16 years, me and you. Like you should already know. And it's just like, no, he shouldn't. Like, number one, he's not a mind reader. And number two, like, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's still a 16-year-old kid, you know? So, and I know they're both very, very similar in that sense where it's just like the expectation that we have on them is so high where it's like, oh, they mm-hmm. can handle it. They're smart boys. Look at their vocabulary. Mm-hmm. Look how they are. Look how they, you know, do things. And it's like, well, no, they're still tired too, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, he he started reading this book and I have it here in front of me, Gabriel. And I was like, oh, you love that book? Like, I love to read mm-hmm. and I love my kids to read. Like Isaiah the other day said something and I was like, wow, Isaiah, you like know really deep stuff. He's like, yeah, you made me read all the books. <laughs> <laughs> You're like smarter than me. That's amazing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, you made me read all the books. That's why. That's so funny. Um, so I was like, and look at you. Like, it's not that bad. You you're, know? Like, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. So Gabriel was, you know, I was like, oh, no, he's not going to love to read. That's like heartbreaking. Like, mm-hmm. you have to love to read if you're my child. And we read this book. We got it from the library. Then we ended up getting, um, I ended up getting another book. And he was just like, I'm not reading this book out loud. Mm. is for me and it's right here he's like this book is for me to read so when I would ask him like what are you you know what's the book about Mm -hmm. he's like I know you're doing and I'm on vacation Uh, like he's doing leisurely reading right now leisurely reading oh my gosh I love that for him yeah. So yeah. So that's what we do. We just do it by interest. Yeah. You know, we do it by interest. Um, math. I want it to be really fun. Um, so we do a lot of board games. 
you can actually learn a lot through math. Um, he actually learned how to add and subtract through a board game. That's crazy. Interesting. That's awesome. Things so, that you wouldn't normally fun. think. Yeah. Yep. He learned how to count to 100 by a book. That's uh, by reading oh. a book. We just read that book every day from the library. So mm-hmm. it was free. A lot of people think that um, to homeschool, you have to invest all this money and mm-hmm. you really don't. Mm-hmm. The, the library is literally your best friend. Yeah. Um, and in the early years, that's really what you're doing is yeah. just reading, introduction to math and things like that. What, Interesting. What would be like, a good piece of advice. So like there's so many different types of moms, right? Like there's moms that are working full time and are going to have just those small glimpses of, like you said, maybe they have the desire, but they're not in a place where they're able to fully commit right now to doing that. Like what would be a small piece of advice? Well, I guess you kind of already gave it where you were saying like with the homework and finding little moments that you can do that. Then you have the moms that are in this middle space where it's like they can, they have the flexibility to make it work, but they're afraid to take that step. What would be a small piece of advice for them? Uh, I think that it's kind of like weaning, right? When Mm -hmm. you're weaning your child from breastfeeding Mm -hmm. or you're getting ready to start this diet, right? You kind of don't just throw yourself in. There's people that have, and it has worked for them. Um, just educating yourself like okay what is this about Mm -hmm. what is my why why do I want to do this what benefit am I looking you know from getting all of this done you know how is this going to benefit my family sure and kind of writing those questions that you really don't necessarily think to ask yourself Mm -hmm. right because sometimes we're so busy answering everyone else yeah do we actually take the time to sit down and ask questions to ourselves like why am I doing this that's good and what am I getting from it and how far do I want to go like tomorrow we may say you know we're gonna put them in you know uh, a private school or something to that mm-hmm. nature like we just don't know what tomorrow will bring yeah um, I don't see that happening yet um, but it is something that you just have to be flexible with mm-hmm. and not put pressure on yourself with, it has to be set this way. I have to dot all the I's and cross all the T's. Yeah. Uh, and education is power, yeah. you know, like, you know, the better you're prepared, um, but not overly preparing yourself because yeah. once you begin to dive into that, um, you know, into the whole homeschooling journey, it can be overwhelming. So having that contact person as well, like someone that has, that is a seasoned homeschooler that can feel. Um, And for the mother that's at home, like you can do read alouds are so much fun, Mm -hmm. you know, then classic literature. I love it. Um, So we do like the Charlotte's web and um, what's this other book, the trumpet of the swan and all those you know, books that you can say, oh my gosh, I remember reading yeah, that book. Yeah. So you connect with them, you connect to that child too. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I love this book. Yeah. And you'll make them love it too, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just educating and taking those steps, like, you know, one step at a time. 
Yeah. So aside aside from like your local library, what are some other resources that you tend to lean on during this time? Like, do you have like a maybe like a Facebook group or something that a, a resource for you as a homeschool teacher that you can provide to other people? Or have you thought about potentially being like a coach for moms that want to become this, you know, business opportunity? What's your What's your end goal with this? I love you, aside Lauren. aside aside from being a great a great mom. <laughs> she's my coach. I haven't listened to her yet, but she has she's almost gotten me there a few times. But she's she is an amazing coach, and she has a lot of resources. Oh, I love you. Um, there is just so many resources. I'm actually um, praying, right? Praying for those things to um, take its place, um, you know, regarding the coaching and things to that nature. But I am a part of a, uh, group that is called wild and free. I'm going to take Stephanie one day. So here's the uh, thing, like, okay, let me just say a funny story real quick. So Giselle's in this group wild and free. And so when her kids have birthday parties, like, you know, the homeschool moms are all there and, you know, I'm like a cool mom, but I'm like more of like a city mom and they're more like, you know, wild and free moms and so when we get there it's it was I think it was at a park for Aaron's birthday and yeah there was like these bugs and the kids were like oh my gosh and all the moms were like let's explore the bugs like look at the bugs and I told Giselle I was like I'm just letting you know I'm not part of the wild and free so if that bug comes over here I'm killing it like it's just what I'm gonna do (laughs) so stop I'm literally dead just like that bug that would be me so there's different types of of moms in her life. Some are like me and some are wild and free. So yeah, Sorry, so go ahead. I'm, a part of wild, I'm a part of wild and free. A really good friend of mine directs the group um, that we are a part of. And we meet every other Friday. You actually can go on wildandfree.com, I believe, or .org. Um, and you can find your local community. Like there's a ton of them out there in Florida. I actually know some really good, um, Instagram influencers in the homeschool, um, field that live in Florida and, you know, I'm still working on it, but I think it's beautiful. I went from like hitting bees with junkletas to like, don't, don't hit the bees. Don't hit the bees. (laughs) We do. I just don't need them next to me. (laughs) She's like, they're, she's like, guys, this is science. They're a vital part of our ecosystem. We need them. They are. They are. You, when you start learning these things, um, you're like, oh my gosh. Yes. Like, no, don't kill the bee. Just tell it to go away. It'll go away. (laughs) That's so funny. Um, Have you? Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was going to say, have you found like a lesson that you've taught the kids that you also learned for the first time with them? Um, Yeah, all this wild and all. Well, I'm not going to say all this wild and free because wild and free is just really moms that are coming together. Like Mm -hmm. some moms are Montessori moms. Some moms are Charlotte Mason moms. Like, you know, they're just coming from they just want to get outside with their kids and explore Sure. Right. It's not a co-op. It's not something that, you know, we're going to sit down and, and review or anything like that. It's community. Um, with, 
Right. It's yeah. community. Exactly. So with the boys, it has been nature because I am a city girl too. Yeah. And if you see a bug, you kill it. Yeah. Right. Because if not, it's going to multiply. Yeah. And they're going to come into your house and it's yep. going to be the end of the world. Yep. Right. <laughs> so every bug is a cockroach. Yes. Right. <laughs> so you're That's like, so true. You have, you have to kill that thing because if not, it's, you know, it's the worst. Um, so I think that has been the biggest, biggest learning curve for me is you know, insects and snakes. I'm still learning those things. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I went on a walk with a friend of mine and the boys at Whitewater Center and she's like, snake. I like started hopping. Oh my gosh. But she's just walking, but she was just doing it to alert us all because Aaron was getting ready to step on the snake. Oh my gosh. He's not going to hurt you. And I was like, Scared the living hell out of me. For real. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's just trusting, looking at everything as, you know, this is God's creation. Yeah. You know, I still respect it though. You know, I don't dive in the middle of the ocean because there's sharks. And, 100%. you know, <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. And there's people that will, but I'm still, it's still growing on me. You know, I'll still flinch. I'll still like smack it with my book if it doesn't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but to see my boys like that, right? Yeah. Because yeah. I was that way. I was that city girl. And, you know, I had Isaiah that would want to like jump out of the car if a bee came in the mm-hmm. in a moving car at that. And now you have Gabriel and Aaron like, don't, I'm going to carry it. Or, you know, Gabriel actually wants to learn how to carry a bee. Mm-hmm. So you you can actually hold a bee. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm I'm not there yet, but sooner or later we'll get there. But yeah, that we, has been the biggest we're, one. We're getting there slowly but surely. Contrary <laughs> contrary to us being city girls, like Jackson like really loves bugs and nature and all those things. And there's just times that he gets like hurt if I'm like I have to kill this spider, Jackson. Like, I cannot let it just live here with us. Like, it has to go. Like, and he's like, well, yeah. just take it outside. And I'm like, no, I'm not touching it either. Like, no. Jackson, I know. I know. I'm yeah. like the worst <laughs> with it. And he gets like really upset. But it is what it is. Like, we just got to keep it moving. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know if I'll ever get to that place. But definitely, I mean... Jackson's as wild and, and free as it gets, I think, too. Never never say never. The Lord is working on you. Yeah. I mean, maybe one day. I honestly feel like if, if number one, if I didn't have 17 jobs, that would be helpful to maybe do homeschool. If my husband didn't travel for work almost every week and have 17 jobs himself, that might be helpful to be able to homeschool. So I think in some season of our life, we might. I never thought I was going to be a stay-at-home mom for all the years that I did it. And so, or work from home or do like, there's a lot of things that I never thought I would do. Cause I loved my office job. I loved my team. I loved my bosses. Like I never saw myself not doing that. And so, yeah, I think, I think definitely people can evolve for sure. Um, but I just don't know. We'll see, I guess, <laughs> <laughs> but you're still, still working on me, but no, but you definitely like, 
you have always made me very much think about it. So for me to be in a place where I know some people are just like, absolutely not. I'm not called for it. I won't do it. Like, I respect that, too, because you're aware. Right. And I think being self-aware is helpful. And there is a there is a situation and a scenario where it could not be beneficial for you mentally Mm -hmm. or emotionally or spiritually and also for your kids. So number one, like be aware of yourself and really have that self-reflection and pray about it. Like that's the major thing with like taking any type of step, right? Where it's like, okay, could I do this? Maybe. Do I see myself doing this? No. Am I passionate about it? No. Does God want me to do it? Yes. Okay. So then there's something there, you know, and then you start to pray about that and explore that. Um, but just be self-aware, I think is, is a benefit to a lot of people too. And if this is for you, this is for you and not everything. Homeschool is not for everyone. Right. And so I think being gracious with yourself, if you hear this podcast and you're like, man, but like, I don't feel that call. Well, that's okay. Cause that's not, it's not for everyone, you know, and your journey is going to look different than mine. And then when Lauren has kids, what her journey is going to look like too, you know, so I think give yourself grace either way of if you feel that call, seek it out a little bit more, pray that God would open up doors for you and open up your heart to move forward in that. But if you don't like, that's okay too. This is not, this is not a place where we would be like, well, if you're not homeschooling, you're doing it wrong, you know, or you're going to mess up your kid, you know, at the end of the day, you said something really important where, whether your kid goes to a brick and mortar or is homeschooled, you still have to teach them. You still have to guide them. You still have to teach them, you know, foundational beliefs, whether they're in school or not. You still have to teach them, you know, what we believe in our, with our religions and what we believe in our spirituality. And like those things are still very much, you are still being a teacher to your children. It just looks Mm -hmm. different, you know? So And a lot of times people think, and I would want, you know, for your listeners to hear this as well. The overwhelming part is what do I do with my kids for eight hours? Mm -hmm. Right. I can't do it because I can't do what they do at the school. But if you think about it, when they're in school, they have breakfast they're mm-hmm. with a set of people. Mm-hmm. Then they go to, to their regular class. This is for elementary, middle yeah. and high school. They're always jumping around to different teachers. Yeah. Um, you're not meant to do what they're doing. Yeah. Right. So that takes a lot of pressure off. Sure. You know, and just finding that balance, like what does it look like today or mm-hmm. in this season? Yeah. And a lot of people want to do language arts, math, science, history, language, sports, piano, and the, you know, like you run out of fingers Yeah, and you do that on a daily. You don't do art every day at school. You don't do music every day at school. And it's really driving or allowing yourself to be driven by your child's interest, by that conviction, by what does my child need? If it's just language arts and math, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. Because you can learn geography. You can learn history by just opening up a book. Yeah. You know, Isaiah's example, like he learned things that I don't even know. I never sat down and taught him. And it's because 
we had, and still to this day, he'll check out books at the library. Mm-hmm. Like being to your child is so powerful. Yeah. So for the mom that, I, that is at home, like just reading to your child, you build a bond that like no other, yep. you know, you learn right alongside them and being willing to continue to learn. Right. I read. So my boys see like, okay, my mom reads, I'm, I'm going to read, mm-hmm. you know, like just creating that culture in your home. Everybody will, you know, do what they're, what they see. Yeah. Right. And we are their biggest example. Um, but I a hundred percent agree. It has to be you know, just that conviction that like, God is calling me to this, you know, I feel led to do this. Um, and just taking that step, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I like that in the beginning, you called it a, a redemption. Hmm. And I think that that is so powerful in the sense that like, as you know, obviously, I'm, I'm not a single mom, but in the sense of like how far you've come and you feel like, did I do the right thing by my kid at this time? Did I set them up for success? And you kind of live with that internalized guilt, you know, did, did I make the right decision, um, you know, with the people that I brought around my kid and what am I teaching them at that time as being their sole parent? But now Isaiah is seeing you in a completely different light than the beginning years that he had you, you know? And I think, I think there's something so powerful about that. And I feel like you guys have a very special relationship, just like obviously Stephanie does with Noah, you, your boys understand you guys on a completely different level. Yeah. And I think that that is so powerful. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Amen. Noah was saying today, we actually had this conversation today and he was like, man, Jackson, like at some point in my life, he said he was, cause Jackson was like, well, you know, I'm the middle child. That's like his new thing. Like everything is like, well, I'm the middle child. And Noah was like, yeah, at some point in my life, I've been the oldest, the baby and the middle child. And he was like explaining to him, like, you know, when he had step siblings previously, he was the middle child when he was, uh, just with me and his dad, he was an only child. And then he became a big brother. And now he's the oldest, you know, and at some point he's played every single role. And he was telling Jackson, he was like, man, if I did some of the things that you did, I wouldn't be alive. If I said some of the things and I'm like, Noah, sorry, like you're our guinea pig child. Like we don't know what we're doing with you. We've never had a 16 year old. We've never had, you know, a 13, a 14, a 15. Like we've never experience it so we're learning with you and so it just it just comes with the territory of being the firstborn I feel like and but I think what you said is true Lauren like there's a lot of things that as parents we weren't able to do with Noah with Isaiah you know in the times that we were but now we have these opportunities and I think it's important to also remind the kids who are living in it right now, because we find ourselves having to do that with Jackson too, where it's just like, you know, if I can't play a game with him at that moment, it's you never play with me. And I'm like, Jackson, if you keep telling yourself that lie, you're going to start believing it one day. And that's not the truth. Like I can't play with you in this moment because I'm working or because I'm doing something or because of whatever else is on my plate. But I'm like, 
there's kids who, you know what time their mom gets home from work? 6.30. You know what time they go to bed? Huh? 7. So how much time is that? You know, and they drop them off at 7 a.m. And they go to work and all this stuff. And it's just like the kids now, <laughs> sorry, they don't realize like the blessings that they have from us right now, you know, that their siblings didn't have previously. And it's just like, man, like, how do I continue to remind them? Oh my gosh, I got to get it together. Um, how do I continue to remind him and, and the younger ones, like, what a blessing they're walking in now, you know? Mm -hmm. I they, I don't think they will ever know that until yeah. they're older and yeah. they walk out there. Yeah. And, you know, Isaiah and I went out to eat uh, a few months back. And again, like it's redemption every single day. Yeah. Every single For sure. Day and, um, you know, we were talking and, um, and it's made me sensitive, you know, to the choices yeah. that I made that weren't all the greatest. Yeah. Right. Um, and we were talking and we were having like a deep discussion and I just started like in the middle of this Asian restaurant. Oh, so gosh. you can only... <laughs> I just started crying yeah. and just telling him like, I am so sorry. Yeah. Right? Because Gabriel and Aaron, and this is not what I was doing. I wasn't comparing the two, sure. but because I've been able to see like where God has taken me mm -hmm. to now to where I was before. Right. Um, obviously we were a lot younger. Right. And as a single parent, it's not easy. Um, and again, with mentioning the unlearning, there are for sure things that you have to unlearn. Yeah. Uh, but I just felt like I am just so sorry. Yeah. You know, like I knew what I knew now. I wouldn't have left you with certain people. You know, I would have never allowed certain people to have influence over your life, yeah. you know, and it just took that conversation, you know, and in that moment, um, and I heard this out of preaching before how important it is for us to forgive ourselves, sure, right. To forgive yourself. Like I did that and I acknowledge and I take responsibility now walk. Yeah. Like continue walking. Yeah. Because in my head, you can hold on to things that God has already he doesn't even remember that, yeah. right? And here yeah. you are with it tattooed in your brain. Um, so forgiveness is key. Forgiveness is key even with me having Gabriel and Aaron. Mm -hmm. You know, there's things that I don't wake up cheery, like a homeschool mom ready to go. <laughs> yeah. You know, I wake up like, God, are you sure that you're calling me to this? Hmm. You know, and it's because, again, I think life just comes, you know, that way. Yeah. You just to renew your mind and renew what you're doing, renewing your why, allowing yourself to go back into that space. That's why sitting in that stillness is so important. Um, and for me, you guys know me from way before. I was never sitting still, you yeah. know? Yeah. Be able to sit still 
and breathe and say like, I'm so happy mm-hmm. like that. I'm not living that busy all the time where I can't even think yeah. for myself. Yep. And how blessed, like I'm able to appreciate where in the beginning I probably resented it. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. this is not what I signed up for. This is not, you know, I don't, I want to continue being the same person. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, you to something new. So receiving that, right. Because in that beginning or those beginning steps, that's where I was mm-hmm. like, this is hard. Yeah. This is hard. And when things get hard, we want to check out. But when you have that why, and when you have that vision, and when you have that conviction, and when you are willing to renew your mind, the Lord will just come and give you that start over. And yeah. that's where it came from. Like, you can start over. And it's okay. Like, you messed up, just get back up and keep going. Yeah. And teaching it's from early on, you know, it's okay to mess up. Like, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, we can do this right now. Um, because that's what God does with us every single day. Yeah. That's um, great. So it's, it's a journey. It is a journey, but it is a journey that I would never like, if God were to tell me, would you, I want you to do this again, I would do it. Yeah. I would because it has taught me so much about myself, so much about myself. Um, and it has ministered to me in moments that I never thought that it would do that. Yeah. You know, I thought we were going to be opening up workbooks and books and no, it has taught me so much about myself, um, as a mom, as a child of God, as, you know, a child of my mother and father, you know, a child you know, uh, a mother to, to my children as a wife, um, it has just been a journey that for sure has transformed my life completely. It's amazing. Yeah. I think that something super important that you said was, you know, when you had had that conversation with Isaiah, you broke down and you said that, I'm sorry, that forgiveness that you have for him that you also have for yourself but that verbalization that you're telling him i'm sorry that you know what whatever happened in the beginning happened but by letting him know that is so tremendous and in that you know what if he has internalized feelings that maybe he never said but mm-hmm. in that moment, that apology could have released so much for him. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I think that having those critical conversations with your kids and showing them that there is a, a human side to their parent is so important. And I just I have to commend you. I think that that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you. I was going to say Thank that there's I think it humanizes us as parents when we can go to our children and say, you know what? I'm sorry. Like. I did that wrong or I messed up or, you know, even like in the small things, like, you know what, I'm really, I didn't mean to say it that way. I didn't mean to make you feel that way because, you know, at the end of the day, like, yes, there are children and yes, we are the adult, you know, but they're creations. They have feelings, they're people, they have hearts, they get hurt, they get upset, you know? And I think just acknowledging in those moments, I think it really, and I think it impresses them. 
too when they're uh-huh. like, wow, like my mom apologized uh-huh. to me. Like she's a grown up. Like she doesn't have to apologize it. to me. Yeah. Like, but it, it, it puts it in their mind where it's just like, that's a very impactful moment I would like look at as a kid. And I think about my own parents and I'm like, man, if my parents ever came to me and was like, I'm really sorry that I did this. I'm really sorry that you guys felt this way. I'm really sorry. Like it would impact me for sure. So I can just imagine how our kids feel when we come to them. And again, these are things that were at the time, some of them are circumstances out of your control. Some of them are things that you didn't mean to do. You never did anything intentionally to put Isaiah in jeopardy or hurt him and uh, me with Noah. Like these are just things that in the moment we felt like they were the right choice. When you look at it in retrospect, of course, you're like, damn, I could have done that better or "Mm, Mm -hmm. that probably wasn't a good idea. But when you're in it, you're Mm -hmm. you're thinking about, okay, well, these people can help me. They can help me raise my kid. I'm alone. I'm doing things, you know, I'm mom and dad. I'm trying to play both roles. And, you know, I need community and I need people and I need all these hands. When in reality, sometimes you don't, you know, when it's just like yeah. you don't do it in a malicious way. But at the end of it, to hear an I'm sorry for things that were maybe even out of my control or I'm sorry that I put you in those situations, like it's huge. I really do it, feel like that's huge. It's very formative for them. And I think it goes back to what Giselle was saying that it's there's so much more learning that occurs outside of a classroom setting. Yeah, You're setting them up to talk about their feelings and especially raising boys. Yeah, Nowadays for boys, you know, if you talk about your feelings, you're viewed, you know, one way and you're not as open and that, you know, can lead to issues in how they view other relationships not mm-hmm. only just with their moms, but with potential spouses and mm-hmm. even friends. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I, I think I think what you guys are doing with teaching your boys how to talk about their feelings is very important. And hats off to the two of you because <laughs> it's crazy raising kids yeah. is tough. Yeah, it's not. When you can come to North Carolina. <laughs> I'm trying to get her here. I'm trying. I'm really, really trying every every day. I've been sending her TikToks of like sisters who have houses next to each other and like family compounds. And I'm like, could be us, but you out here playing. <laughs> like, <laughs> have you guys seen that that little girl on TikTok where she's like, hmm, that's nice. I would like that or something. And it's just like, hmm, wish I could have it. Like, it's so funny. But yeah, I mean, it's it is definitely I think when you take on this journey of whether it's motherhood or homeschooling or anything like community is important and having people to kind of go shoulder to shoulder with and say like hey I'm gonna help you on this journey and just so you've always definitely been that person for people where it's like listen I'm doing it you can do it like here's what I've done here's where I go here's what you know the resources and this and that and links and you know websites and all of that so I mean I think it's definitely needed especially because people, the unknown is scary for people. So if you didn't grow up a homeschool kid, if you never, you know, were exposed to that, if you never knew anything different, the unknown is Mm -hmm. scary. So people from our generation, we don't know a lot of homeschool kids because our parents didn't homeschool. They worked (laughs) or they didn't work or the mom stayed home, but the kids still went to school, you know? So I think 
I think people need that. They need to hear that, yes, this is different, but it's okay. And it could be really successful and it could be really good. Um, it's just a matter of how you go about it. And again, like this is, it's not for everybody. So if you don't feel it and you don't fit it, that's okay too. Like you are going to, at the end of the day, do what's best fit for your family and for Mm -hmm. your season that you're in as well. Cause what's working for you right now may not work for you five years from now when your kid is actually in school, you know? So, um, all right, let's wrap it up. Let's do one final piece of advice. Um, so Giselle, tell us what do you feel like is the number one thing you've learned about yourself through this journey? I know you said you've seen redemption and you've learned so much, but give us like one, one thing that stands out to you the most that you've learned about yourself in this. And it's not even about the kids. It's what you've learned. What, just, what a loaded question. I know. I know. <laughs> just like summarize, you know? <laughs> Cliff notes. Everything in its season. Yeah. Embrace the season, right? When we embrace the season, we are able to um, have that joy and that contentment that we deeply desire. I think in today's world, we are just waiting for the next thing to fill us with joy. Hmm. We're waiting for the next thing so that we can, I'll be content once I have. Yeah. I'll be happy once I have. But it's just embracing the season that you're in today yeah. because tomorrow it may not look that way. And that's why I said, I may put my kids tomorrow because you just, in school, you just don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Mm-hmm. God knows my heart and God knows what I deeply desire. But at the end, our life is in his hand. So yeah. embrace the season uh, because again, you look so much into what's happening next and what, what are we doing next? And, and even that in itself creates anxiety, even in our children, Mm. like, what are we doing next? What are we doing next? And it's, and you can see that reflection, right? So I've learned to just embrace, like, if this is a season to just hang out at home and watch movies and read and just go on a walk, just embrace it. Yeah. You know, if it's the season to be on airplanes and be on, embrace that season, yeah. you know, embrace your season of homeschooling, embrace your season of your kids and brick and mortar, like just embracing what you have today so that we are able to truly be fulfilled with that joy. Right. Yeah. And with contentment um, that ultimately comes from the Lord. So that's my last advice. That's great. Thank you for taking the time to be with us and separating out uh, just this time to share your heart and share your story. I think it's really going to bless people when they can hear from someone who's doing it right. And it becomes this thing of like, man, I feel so inspired because if Giselle can do it, I can do it, you know, or if this person can do it, I can do it. And they can actually see someone being successful in it. I think it speaks a lot and I think it's going to bless a lot of people too. So thank you for taking the time. Well, thank you for having me here. 
Yes, anytime. You're welcome back anytime. If you want to talk about anything, if you want to do a homeschool class, if you want to like do a nature something. What is it called? Wild and free nature something. So I might not be there, but I'll support you always. <laughs> um, and Lord, please. Well, I'll, I'll convince her once like we can move next to each other. Yes. Someday. Yes. Oh my She'll, gosh. I just need, will be in <laughs> I need a family compound with all the people and all the friends and just like we can just all do it together. Like what, like what's more beautiful than that? You know, just doing life with one another. So I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that we have been friends for as long as we have and that, you know, we're still in this together, raising these, these amazing boys that we've been blessed with. So amen. Yeah. when we first amen. met, we were, there was two of them between us and now there's six of them between us. So <laughs> wild. I hope. A whole posse of boys. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Laura, if you want to take us out, you can tell them where to find the podcast and all the things. All right. So, you guys know you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music. This episode is coming out on Friday, September 1st. Um, next week, we will have a special anniversary episode with our amazing parents who are celebrating 43 years of marriage so if you have any questions that you want us to ask them any topics you want to talk about you can send us a message on instagram at as told by moms and thank you guys for always listening supporting subscribing sharing reviewing all the things and we'll see you guys next time yep and next episode will be our last episode of season three Ooh. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Yes. Just having I'm just having so much fun. I don't I want know, it to end. I know. And this episode actually comes out on September 1st. So happy birthday to Jamie Lee. That's going to be on her birthday. Um, so just a little shout out to her. And yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. We will definitely be back for season four for sure. Um, we don't know what the format's going to be. We don't know if we're going to have guests, no guests, all the things. But we will definitely be back. And yeah, we'll see you guys next time with our last episode of season three. So bye. Bye.